Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 133 of Buds and Blue Jays. And this is not a happy episode from Riley and I. As we talked about in our most recent episode, the Blue Jays were coming in to face the Texas Rangers at home in what was the biggest series of the Toronto Blue Jays season. Might have been the biggest non-playoff series of the last decade for the Toronto Blue Jays. And as you guys already know at home, the Blue Jays simply did not perform So at the risk of being too dramatic, I want to welcome you, Riley, and I want to welcome everybody listening to the official funeral of the 2003 Toronto Blue Jays baseball season. Riley, take it away. This has been a wild year in a lot of different ways. Um, We obviously play in a really good division. Um, Baseball's changed a lot in the past 20 years or so. Um, we went from, you know, having one wild card to two, I guess it was kind of in the nineties, the, the uh, wild card spots were even there. One wild card per league. And then now there's three. So that increases your chance to get into the postseason. Um, the Jays have a very big payroll and we know that what the history of baseball is, is teams with higher payrolls usually end up taking home the commissioner's trophy, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it's a rare rarity that you see um, teams with a smaller payroll, you know, get that much success in this league uh, when the big dogs are going at it. Jesse, we're paying our guys a boatload of money. It's the middle of September, and we just got swept by the Texas Rangers, who have now officially moved in to the second wild card spot, they even passed the Seattle Mariners. Mm-hmm. And there's us. We're out of the bubble. We are out of a playoff spot. And we are in tough company the next couple weeks. Uh, it's do or die. But Jesse, I think it's too late. I simply think it is too late to make the postseason with how we've been playing, the team morale. I mean, when you got your own, we'll get into the whole fans booing uh, the Jays off the field the last two nights. You got your own fans booing you. You know something has gone to over Twitter. Everyone wants Atkinson or Schneider fired. Man, for me, it's all on the players. So disappointing. What a terrible stretch of four games man we got outscored by a bundle two games we gave up double digit runs and the other one hey we gave up nine jesse that might as well be double digits when you're only getting two runs it didn't really matter man this is uh yeah fairly somber episode honestly i know you were there for one of the slaughterings um and jesse just it's it just it just blows my mind i'm almost at a loss for words on on how i feel and and what i think is going to happen the rest of the year because i still don't think i think things are not going to get better mm-hmm. and it wasn't the fact that the blue jays got swept in this series it's the fact that they didn't even come close riley like they did not do well. Texas Rangers outhit us, outpitched us, outdefended us, outran the bases to us, led to a minus 26 run differential. Um, we got a shit, we got the shit kicked out of us, really is what happened here. And if you remember coming into the uh series, Riley, Texas was playing some very bad baseball. I think they got swept by Oakland or something like that. And they lost a series against Oakland or something. And so Blue Jays were like 12 and 3. We were feeling really good, but that's not how baseball works. Um, our playoff odds, Riley, have dipped down coming into the games tonight to around 33%. There is a two-thirds percent chance now the Blue Jays don't make the playoffs. And, Riley, that hurts a lot. 15 games left to go in the regular season, especially when our expectations were coming into the season. We really thought this Toronto Blue Jays team could win a division title. 
not only did that become pretty clear to us fairly early in the season, the fact that now this team might not even be a playoff team is awful and just ridiculous. And I can't believe we're having this episode now. I did not think this is how this would go. I mean, we cleaned a little bit of house last year uh, and in the posts or in the off season as well. Um, you see the change in the corner outfields from Tay Oscar and Lourdes moving um, to different clubs and our, uh, former stud catcher Gabriel Moreno headed off to uh, Arizona as well. A couple of good additions. Don't get me wrong. And, uh, you know, they were, we we're basically looking for more of a clean cut crew, uh, you know, hired uh, Don Mattingly um, as kind of a bench coach. Um, we thought kind of a different, you know, less of a party environment, I guess, more of a professional yeah. attitude, trying to get away from that. And I get that. Um, but it, Jesse, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that um, was how never this team the was problem f- either. Like the no. party thing, that's stupid. I, yeah. I know, but whatever the, whatever the front office was trying to do, whatever Atkinson was trying to do, it's just, it, it didn't work. This was an unsuccessful formula. And the funny thing is, it's not like it was doomed from the start. No, oh, yeah. not even close. Tons of things went wrong, Jesse. Um, from Alec Manoa uh, to the bats, just like Vladdy being a, a non-existent threat where he was a couple years removed, one of the most, if not the most dangerous right-handed bat in baseball um, with in respects to judge um, in the success he's had. I mean, dude, like so much has gone wrong on paper. This is a playoff club. The problem is you don't play baseball um, with, you know, hypothetics and, and all oh, this should happen. No, it comes down to performance on the field and it's been a subpar year for the most part anyways with some good highlights but a lot of lowlights and this is the lowest of them Jesse i mean we're sitting here it's friday night um and honestly like you do not feel good you're stewing i mean i'll tell you the moment i thought basically i always talk hypothetically about this panic button you know when to push the yeah. panic button well i mean i hit mine when jonah heim hit that grand slam Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, knew that I, I, I knew that we were in big trouble and that was in game one. Uh, we were in game one and then my, my mood just kept sliding downhill. And then you want to, Hey, that's all fine in games. I'll find a dandy lose the first two games, but then you want to come back strong in the final two. No, nah, let's go out there and lose 10, nothing and nine to two. Like that's just, it's unacceptable baseball and a lot's gone wrong. I don't know how to fix it. A lot of it's on the, for me, a lot of it's on the players. I would say 98% of it's on the players, Jesse. Riley, you talked about how a lot has gone wrong for the Toronto Blue Jays, this team. I'm actually going to make the argument that a lot of things did go right for this team. Like, what are our biggest storylines coming into the year was, how are Matt Chapman going to do in a contract year? And he's been, you know, subpar the last few months, but he had a really good April. He's still a three-win player. The defense has been great. That's fine. We said Yusei Kikuchi and Jose Barrios are massive X-factors for this team. They've both been great. Riley, the Blue Jays' rotation, aside from Alec Manoa, have been healthy and have made every single start except for maybe one skip start here or there from one or two guys this season. The Blue Jays position players, the biggest injury we've had this year, I guess, is Danny Jansen. And when Bo Bichette missed, what, two weeks? That's been it. So I don't think you could say it's been a lot of things going Our bullpen has been awesome. Jordan Romano is one of the best in the game and saves still. Like a lot of things have gone right. And yet still, the Toronto Blue Jays still find themselves in this position, Riley. You kind of touched on it with the bats. And I have a stat here. 
that this is the Blue Jays 2023 WRC plus, and then their number of what their WRC plus was coming into this year and the difference between them. So for example, Alejandro Kirk coming into this season had a 115 WRC plus. It is now 95, Riley. He is down 30 points just this season. And if you go across the whole Blue Jays roster, George Springer's down 28 points. Santiago Espinal's down 24 points. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is down 21 points. And other negatives. Dalton Varsho, Matt Chapman, Whit Merrifield, Kevin Biggio, Bobachette have all gone down in career WRC plus this season. That is an underperforming from the career average season from seven or eight players, Riley. The only three that have been better, Brandon Belt, Danny Jansen, Kevin Kiermeyer. That's it, Riley. And that is where the big fault, I guess, in the 2023 Blue Jays lies is that our offensive position players, all of them across the board, suddenly got worse. So I say that here, Riley. And I want to know, why is this? Is this the coaching staff? Is this the general managers? Is this just all the players suddenly got worse? Like, what is this? So, I mean, you can listen to your manager. You can listen to your hitting coach. But they don't hold your hand when you swing the bat up there. I mean, good hitters find a way to get hits. Good power hitters find a way to put balls into the seats even if they're hitting, you know, for a low average. Um, I think that I'm not going to say they got worse, but it's been a lot. It's been down years for, for a lot of them. And I don't know what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has done with himself. But at this point, like you might look at back at his career. I don't know where he's going to be in the next three years as far as his average, his power numbers, his OPS, like, but maybe that year where he hit 48 home runs and finished runner-up MVP might be his best season. Um, like, God, who knows? Uh, like, but you don't know these things, yeah. man. I mean, I had, I had a guy like you know Matt Chapman possibly, you know, having a fairly explosive off offensive season. Not there. I really put my uh, eggs in Dalton Varsho's basket to be completely let down by that. And yes, Jesse, you always bring up the subject of, well, he's in a different league altogether, different team. It takes him a year to get adjusted. Well, like, but like he still has to hit. I mean, yeah, he comes not. over. We paid a pretty good price for him. In fact, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is having a great year in Arizona. He, he had single digit home runs before we dealt him. And if he was on this Blue Jays team, he would lead the team in home runs. Talk about giving up a piece, man. Like, what a ridiculous thing to have happened. There's just a lot of parody in it, man. But I don't think players are necessarily getting worse. I feel like players, like, eventually will decline. I think players like Whit Merrifield, Kevin Kiermaier, and George Springer are slowly on the decline due to age. But players like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I scratch my head at that. Espinal, Espinal's been great the last couple of weeks, but we'll, I don't we'll think San Diego... I don't think Espinal's uh, the solution. Um, Biggio has always had a bit of potential. He seems to have turned it on a bit, but like we're, and obviously Davis Schneider, but he's not even in this. He has, he's kind of just joined the party late. Mm -hmm. So I don't even want to really speak about Davis Schneider. What he's done is fantastic. If he went down to AAA just to protect him for the rest of the year, I know that's not going to happen. Like that's not how this works. But like he's in no part of this. He just this is just wrong place, wrong time for him. And and he's doing his I, part at least. Like he's and he, and he, yeah, he's doing his part at least. It's it's really picking up. He, he, not too many times does a guy come up 
you know, at this point in the season um, and hit in the middle of the order. The September call-ups, that rarely happens to have and then hit in the middle of the order. Um, <clears throat> Jesse, there's just a lot um, <clears throat> of unfortunate happenings. And, I mean, looking at some of the swings, too, a lot of bad swings at the plate. So, yeah, it could be the hitting coach as well. But, like, like I said, these are professional baseball players. They've had their at-bats. They've had their plate appearances. Like, it's just poor execution. So my question for you then, Riley, is if everything that we think is going to happen does come true and the Blue Jays do miss the playoffs in what really, really should be should be a playoff team here. What do we do? Are we firing the coaching staff? Is it time to give Ross Atkins the boots? Is it time to sell everything, flip the switch completely, like sell Bobachet, trade Vladimir Guerrero Jr., like try to start the complete rebuild again? Like if we miss the playoffs here, what do we do? So I actually I don't have it right in front of me, but I just remember scrolling scrolling through Twitter and um, Canadian Pod, obviously. Um, uh, Sid from Tim and Sid, who's now a morning talk show host, had a tweet. I, I don't know a word for war, word, but it went something along the lines of that uh, Toronto sports fans aren't happy unless someone's fired. Someone's got to be held accountable. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I'm looking at that and I think, well, you can't fire the players. Because that's who I hold responsibility to. However, um, on paper, so when you talk about on paper, this team is great. So that has nothing to do with the management side. If they've given you a good team, and I've seen other things that, oh, and if this, if Alex Anthopoulos was here, well, he's not here. He's having success in other places. Forget about Alex Anthopoulos. This is a different era. For better or for worse, we can't look back at the 2015s of, of our franchise and sit on those. This is a completely different ball club, completely different makeup. And the game has changed a lot in those seven, eight years, Jesse, that it, it really doesn't matter. Um, so then I, who do you look to now? The management? I mean... I saw another thing. You could pretty much fire everybody but Pete Walker. And yeah. I'm okay with, and I'm, I'm that's, fine. that's what I think they should do. And I'm fine with that. But I don't, and I'm not a, an advocate for Atkinson. But yeah, Ross I, Atkins, yeah. Uh, or, uh, yeah, sorry. But I just, I think that he has done a, a fine. If you look at this team on paper, I think that it's almost can't miss for our division for the American league. I don't think he should be held accountable. I think it's got to be on the coaches. I'm not a fan of that, but I think that's what has to happen. Going back to what Sid six zero said, who, you know, I'm not, you know, going to put too much water in his bucket on this, but I think he's right. Toronto sports fans are not happy unless a move like that is made, unless there's someone is canned or someone's got to be held accountable if we miss the postseason. Okay, so two things then, because um, I was listening to Blair and Barker today and they talked about how there's a lot of major league people in the industry that are just confused about how these Blue Jays hitters go into like month long slumps. We saw George Springer go through an 0 for 35 this year. Vladimir Guerrero, Bobochet. We've talked about him on all our episodes before. If you do decide you need to fire, say, the hitting coach, the hitting staff, if you fire Don Mattingly, who you like, you just brought in, John Schneider kind of has to be part of that group. This is his coaching staff that they've kind of put together here. 
And it would be tough to let go of a guy that we were speaking such high praises of last year, but he's made rookie mistakes and they've been quite obvious here. So if the Blue Jays do decide to go that route, this will be Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro's, if you count John Gibbons when they got here, fourth coach, fit like fourth coach that they've had here. And the whole plan when Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro took over, it was like, we're going to suck through like 2017, 2018, but we're going to build this young core. They did that. They got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They got Bo Bichette. You know, Danny Jansen was part of that core. Like they built their core. This was the time they were time to compete. They've done that through free agency. They added Hunjin Ryu. They added George Springer. They've added a whole bunch of pitchers to their pitching staff. They've said all the right things and done the right things. And yet this team still cannot make the playoffs. To me, if you're doing that, you have failed your plan, your mission here, right? It's 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 pretty obvious that that's the case here. And I think they need to be punished or let go for that. And that's the route I think that needs to be had if uh, the Blue Jays miss the playoffs here. Yeah, I mean... We can't control these things, obviously, Jesse. Sometimes I wish we did hold the power, but we simply don't. I, hey, there's still a chance that we do, but this is this is the worst case scenario, and I think we're gonna have to live with the worst case scenario. I mean, I'm not trying to be a downer on this, man, but I think Jesse, it's our it's hard job. To be a positive. <laughs> it's it's our job. I mean, we can sit here after a, a three three game series sweep and and talk about how we're going to do all these great things but i think it's our job and our due diligence as content creators to say hey this is the reality of what's happening there is a very good possibility that this is happening and i think we're going to i think that's the reality we're going to live in here in in two and a half weeks when the season concludes i don't think we play october baseball that's tough riley that is so hard to hear and uh I can't believe we're having this conversation right now. I will say, though, Riley, good news, I suppose. There is still 15 games left. So in order for the Blue Jays to get to the promised land, to get to, what, 91 wins, they would have to go 11-4 and four in the remaining 15 games. Now, there is some positives. Um, Texas and Seattle still play seven games against each other. So unless they go 4-3 and three or something, somebody is going to lose a bunch of games. So... The Blue Jays still have a chance, but right now we've lost the point of controlling our own destiny. The Blue Jays need to play good baseball and the teams on the schedule, Riley, Boston, and then the Yankees twice and then Tampa Bay twice. How much confidence do you have that this team can go 11 and four in the next 15 games to hit that mark? And that's the thing. I mean, without saying why I don't have the confidence, Jesse, is because we're playing those teams. I don't have the confidence. I, I, Boston is whatever we're due. We're due to beat them. But as far as the Yankees and the Rays go, I know the Yankees are having a clunker of the year, but it would almost be just kind of poetic that we lose that series um, because that's the season we're having. And yes, that's very pessimistic of me to say. However, like we just historically have not played great, great against the Yankees. And I feel like that's just we'll see when the time comes, Jesse. But I just have a bad feeling and then an even worse feeling about Tampa. I think it could possibly go the other way. I think we could go five and ten. Like, I think there's a possibility that we go five wins and ten losses in the next 15 games uh, to really, really put a kind of a stinker on the end of the season. I obviously don't want that to happen, Jesse. But these guys are giving me, not giving me any sort of, you know, 
hope with with what kind of baseball has gone on uh, this past week. Like, there's just there's there's still hope, but I mean, I'm sitting here shaking my head, thinking like like I can't take enough positive away to draw up, you know, a reality where we're going to win a ton of games in the next two weeks and make the playoffs. Yeah, it's so hard to see it. I will say the most Toronto Blue Jays thing ever is going to be us going on like a nine-game winning streak. We're going to get built back up again. We're going to think, oh, crap, here we go. We can do this. And then like Seattle's going to win like four in a row or Texas is going to win like six in a row and we're still not going to make the playoffs. Or we're going to need like Oakland to win the last game of the year or something. And then they're going to have like a six-run lead in the ninth and then blow it or something. And the Blue Jays won't make the playoffs. And that's just how it feels. Riley, don't go into any detail on this, but I just want to know the answer to this question. Would you rather watch an 85-win Blue Jays team that was supposed to be higher that underperformed and missed the playoffs or a 68-win Blue Jays team with young players that were full of promise? What would you rather? Oh, man, that's a tough question. Honestly, I want to see wins. Let's go with the 85 wins. I think that's the answer too, but I will say going back to those like 2017, 2018 teams when the Blue Jays were bad, at least we knew the core was coming and there was a plan in place, which made the losing not so bad because this one does hurt pretty good. But at the end of the day, wins do do matter. Yeah, Jesse, it's at, at this point. Hey, that's I'm answering this question based off. Yeah, we've already lived through that time. Right. I want to, this is the time now we're supposed to win. So 80, I, I would prefer to see more than 85 wins, but that's just, it's just not going to happen. Hey, also officially not going to finish below 500 at least, but yep, that's true. another story. That's another yep. story. We're still in bad shape. All right. 15 games to go, which means about five more episodes of the regular season for us. Whatever happens with the Toronto Blue Jays, we will touch on it here, but, uh, if you are sad about the Toronto Blue Jays, leave a comment down below. Tell us how you're feeling about this team, because I'm sure Riley and I here are not feeling too great. We would bet that you at home are not feeling too great about this team either. One more not so great story, Riley, that has really come from the Toronto Blue Jays here is the Alec Manoa drama. And if you've been following this team all season, you know what happened. He was just uh, disastrous right from the start. He sent him down to the Florida Complex League. Apparently, he did everything that the Blue Jays wanted him to do. And we had a big episode when Alec Manoa got to mode in the first place. And he made his way back to the Toronto Blue Jays because apparently he crossed off every list. He made, what, six starts, five starts between those two times of coming back and then being sent down again. He was bad, Riley. He, he was bad. He had maybe one decent start in there, but he was bad for the most of it. And even in his decent start, he didn't look that good either. The Blue Jays sent him down when Hunjin Ryu came back because they needed a spot in the rotation. And honestly, Alec Manoa simply was not good enough. We thought it was weird that he did not report to Buffalo. I think last episode we touched on, while well, he was dealing with an injury of some kind. He wanted to go for an MRI, but all that stuff came up clean. And recent reports came out here that Alec Manoa and his camp, his people, decided that he wasn't in the best position to pitch. He wasn't in whether it's the best shape, the right mindset, or maybe he was just being a crybaby, Riley, that he got demoted and all this stuff. And I wanted to get your take on what th this means from Alec Manoa, what this meant for the team this year, and what this might mean for Alec Manoa and the Blue Jays going forward. I'm a big character guy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean... He can try and make excuses. I'm the, I'm not like, I just think that he, he, because he finished in the top three for Cy Young voting and he's so hype and high on himself. I think that he just simply does not want to pitch 
pitch in the minor leagues. And this is what this tells me about a guy like Alec Manoa. What is a guy, if this happens to a, to a t- guy, he tries to get better, not only for himself, but for the betterment of the team, the organization, especially a guy that young in his career. Hey, Alec, like you got to have six years to get the pension from MLB. Put in your six years before you try to pull this crap. Um, I think it's disgraceful. I think it looks terrible. Um, Not only on him, a little bit on the Blue Jays too. It's not their fault. Um, We did draft this kid. He was a stud. He was a stud as soon as he came. I mean, that's that's fine and dandy. I mean, we we had what we had with Manoa was a big thing, and I don't know what happened. Whether it was the pitch clock and and everything screwed him up or whatever. But hey, like this is the situation we're in now, and Alec Manoa is not making it easier on himself by doing this. And hey, there's like, oh, he might not pitch in a Blue Jays uniform again this year. I don't want him. We're near a major league mound, especially if he's not like that's you do not get a free pass up. This that's this is not how it works. I don't know like what he thinks he's going to accomplish by this. And if he is mentally ill, hey, I get that. I sympathize. I sympathize. I am very pro self care uh, for mind yeah. and, and for body too. If he's if he doesn't think he's in great shape, like you know, work on that stuff. And I'm not like. I mean, hey, if there's a problem there, my bad. But I think this is a character clause thing with Alec Manoa. And I just simply I think I think he doesn't want to pitch in the minor leagues. I think he thinks he's a major league pitcher and that's his mindset. And he's just going to be stubborn. And I think he's going to take the rest of the year off. And you and I will talk a lot about the offseason and we'll get updated um, via whatever source on on what state and, and where Alec Manoa is as far as his journey back. His attempted journey back to Major League Baseball. I just think it's a very bad taste in being so arrogant, immature, or whatever you want to call Alec Manoa to not accept a performance-based demotion because he was bad. This was based on his performance at the big league level, um, knowing full well that in not reporting down to Buffalo, you are unavailable for your team during a key postseason run. And if you believe you are that good and you can help this team, Prove it. Get out there and do something. I can't imagine that Alec Manoa deciding to do this sits well with the other Blue Jays players in that clubhouse who are trying, or at least I think they're trying, to put everything on the best field, to put the best foot forward, to win a World Series. That can't sit well with the guys on the team. That can't sit well with John Schneider and company. That can't sit well with Ross Atkins. If this is what Alec Manoa is going to be, I think either he needs to make a change mentally or we might be looking at moving him this offseason. Pitchers notoriously are the most selfish guys in um, in a clubhouse. Um, I'm not even going to say any. I just you just hear stuff like this, and I think Alec Manoa, with this fame, with his ego, I think he's fallen victim to. He's kind of his own worst enemy, in a way, Jesse. And I think that he just probably. He probably should take the rest of the year off and really kind of have a look in the mirror moment and hopefully kind of realizes what he's doing and writes a lot of apology letters and tries to get himself in the best damn shape, um, mind and body, uh, to be able to pitch again. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's, he's moved to, hey, someone, he, he will pitch for a team. 
Um, yep. whether it's the Blue Jays or whatever, there's no question about it. Um, he's a he's a hell of an arm. He had a terrible year, rightfully demoted and did not take it well. Um, so I would not be surprised. Hey, we could get a pretty good piece back for for Alec Manoa for sure. I'd hope so. It'll be a very interesting topic of conversation. We will touch more on it as we get into the offseason. Riley, before we get to the end of the episode here, I just wanted to touch on a few more things. I saw this series that kind of caught my attention, including this. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. swung and missed at three fastballs in the zone in the same at bat. A game I was at, a game we needed a clutch hit. He just whiffed on three fastballs in the zone. That was the first time he had done that in a bat in his career. That was the first time he's missed three fastballs in the zone in a whole game in his career. Something is just wrong with Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s swing. And I looked it up even more, Riley. He has an OPS of 686 against teams that are above 500. That is dreadful. The good teams clearly know how to pitch to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Some other things I saw here. Trevor Richards has an ERA close to 12 since coming back from his injury. I know he's got a lot of strikeouts, and I know John Schneider is still throwing him in high-leverage situations, but he is clearly either not healthy or still not the same guy he was. Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. were 0 for 12 at one point for the first two and a half games of this series, whereas Marcus Semyon and Corey Seager both had monster series against the Toronto Blue Jays. Wild how your best players show up when your teams um, when your teams need you. And Matt Chapman is back from his injury, and Alejandro Kirk does not impress me, not even a little bit. I think it's time soon we have the Alejandro Kirk conversation, Riley. Any of those things there catch your attention. Yeah, I'll tell you right now off the last one, because Jesse, I've what have I been saying for the past little while about Alejandro Kirk? I was so upset with Danny Jansen's injury. Um, he's having a career year and he plays um, a two thirds of the freaking games. Um, and then you got Alejandro Kirk, who's grounded into 20 double plays, I believe, leads the league, leads the league. He's a he's a he's a rally killer, man. Um, he's in a he's an abysmal guy there. And I just don't want him. And I like, just don't and want like him. And like he's slow, but he also doesn't try. Like I saw him I a few times down the line, like actively slow down. And like he got, he was on second base today. I think Varsho hit a ground ball up the middle. They still had time to turn and throw out Kirk by like five steps at third base. He didn't even slide either. Like I know you're slow. I know speed is never going to be your skill, but it just doesn't seem like the effort is there. And that's what drives me nuts with Alejandro Kirk. I really like how Biggio's played, and I'll say this before yeah. I go any further. Um, Matt Chapman, Blue Jay or not, will probably remain my favorite player in, in baseball. Um, I don't think he should be back as our third baseman next year. I really like what I've seen at third base with Biggio. Mm -hmm. um, Ch Chapman's heading into free agency. He's going to ask for a lot of money. I don't think honestly like this it's hey this just it's not like this hurts me to say but I don't feel great about saying it but this is how I feel Jesse I don't think we pay Matt Chapman that money Agreed. I think I I, th I I think we can find I think we can invest it into someone else that's going to be more of an impact piece for this ball club um I don't necessarily give a crap about how good defensively our corners are Vladimir Guerrero Jr. could win another gold glove this year. Um, and our outfield looks great. Jays lead baseball in defensive run saves. Still do. Um, that'll do it for episode here today, guys. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, not a great one today, Riley. We like talking more about the positives that happen here, all the good things that happen in Blue Jays land. But baseball season is a roller coaster. Being a fan of a Toronto sports team is a roller coaster. And we've got it all in this series. I really hope, Riley, we can start on a roll, starting with the Boston Red Sox this weekend. I know you'll be at game two. 
And uh, yeah, we'll need it. And we'll need it badly. Anything else to add before we get out of here? Yeah, I'm really hoping for good things tomorrow at that Red Sox game, man. I can't take more much much more of this crap. Still don't feel good about it, but let's just let's let's make these next couple games, these next couple series count. Yeah, and even though it's bad baseball right now, I'm still going to miss it like crazy when it's gone. So let's enjoy these next two and a half weeks, Blue Jays fans, and let's get something good coming out of it here. Thanks, guys.